Can the Falcons have their get-right game against the Arizona Cardinals? And what version of Taylor Heineke will we get? The good, the bad, or the ugly? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the 10th Thursday of the NFL season. There's less games to play than there have been played already or right in the middle. And this is where I ask people every week, appreciate football. And this installment of Crossover Thursday is going to be one of my favorites. Alex Clancy here, Locked on Cardinals. Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons, as we preview the Week 10 matchup between two teams with a lot more questions than answers for this season and for the future, you know, it's it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I really have no idea what the hell is going to happen. We're going to break it down, biggest storylines, key matchups, pass to victory for both teams, and everything in between. This episode of Locked on Crossover Thursday is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at Locked on Falcons for now on Twitter for Aaron Freeman, at Clancy's Corner, uh, Locked on Cardinals for me, Aaron. The Atlanta Falcons have one of the most fun rosters of skill position players in football. And I'm jealous that you get to watch the Travis Sham mockery of whatever happens over there with all of those skill position players on the same side of the field wearing the same uniform. With biggest storylines here, we'd be remiss to not kind of give a brief overview of how you got to this point at four and five with those skill position players. Quarterback is kind of in question. Catch me up on what the hell's been going on down there in Atlanta. Well, the biggest story for this week is the Falcons need to get right game because they have been struggling as of late, right? The season got off to a, a pretty good start, 2-0. and Desmond Ritter as a starter didn't look great in those first two games but made the plays in the fourth quarter to get them the wins and you were like okay this feels good and then the next two weeks real rough on the road and they they come back uh he has a really good game against houston you're like okay he's he's doing better and then he plays better the next couple of weeks but turnovers kill the you know the the team and he turns the ball three picks uh against washington three fumbles against I don't even remember Tampa Bay, whoever I, it, it, it all blurs together with all the turnovers that the Falcons have. And it basically led to the Falcons sort of being like, this is not sustainable. Even though Ritter had shown progress, we just, it was like, it was just every week. It was, can we get the turnovers under control? And then they made the switch to Taylor Heineke midway through the Titans game saying it was not performance based. It was a concussion. And it was basically, Taylor Heineke's now the current starting quarterback and presumably will be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, assuming he plays well this week against Arizona. But that's a major question mark because Taylor Heineke is coming off a game against Minnesota. He only had one interception in this game, but there's probably like three or four that should have been picked off in this game. And so now you're sitting here being like, is this going to be the kind of get right performance for the Falcons? Meanwhile, all the conversation is about one particular skill position player 
in Bijan Robinson, and I sit here on Lockdown Falcons being like, this is the biggest nothing burger of a story. Like, oh man, Bijan's not getting enough touches in the red zone. Meanwhile, the Falcons can't tackle your boy Josh Dobbs to save their life. They missed 15 tackles against Minnesota last week. They're giving up explosive plays. They can't run the football for three and a half quarters. And of course, as I mentioned, their quarterback is potentially throwing four or five picks in a game. But hey, Bijan, if he just gets a couple more red zone touches, that's going to solve all the Falcons' problems. So I sit here going, hey, can we just get right and and maybe, maybe throw Bijan a couple more touches and, and maybe that will at least settle down that sort of frenzy. But I feel like the Falcons have so many other issues that they have to deal with beyond just handing the ball off to Bijan a couple of times inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Bijan Robinson can't tackle the opposing quarterback. That's one of my favorite things. Like it, during draft time, it's like, oh, they need to draft a wide receiver. Oh, can the wide receiver protect Kyler Murray? No. Oh, okay. Then maybe let's revisit. Yeah. It's interesting because Bijan, I told you before we started recording that I could talk about Bijan for an hour and a half. Cause I mean, the, just the basketball moves itself. I'm in love. I don't care. He, he's him and miles Garrett are the only two dudes running basketball moves on a football field um, at a high level. And, you know, this is going to be a third week in a row where the Atlanta Falcons are playing a new quarterback. Is that right? Who was not starting the week before it was Will Levis and then Josh Dobbs. And then now Kyler Murray is slated to play barring any sort of setback with the Cardinals going into week 10. It's kind of a, a split. It's a parting of two ways of thinking one, the Cardinals need to lose as many games as possible to get a top draft pick or two, the Cardinals need to see what Kyler Murray is. And if they're losing a bunch more games and they're winning with Kyler Murray playing, then they've got bigger issues than where they're drafting in 2024. Now, I'm in the camp that you need to have a QB1 more than you need to have a top three pick. So if the Cardinals win five out of their next eight games, sweet. That, that's good for me. I'll take I'll take the ninth pick overall or whatever it is. Ain't no way they're going to win five of these games. But that's kind of where we're at now, where it's like Joshua Dobbs – played so much better than people give him credit for, even though they were one in seven with him. They were competitive in every single game, save the San Francisco 49ers game where that was just an all-star team. The Cardinals had leads at halftime. They were playing very well with Drew Petzing's offense and a, and a lesser than defense in, in, from a talent perspective. So as you pivot here, this could be – get right isn't right for, for, for this for the Cardinals, but this is the reintroduction – of a healthy Arizona Cardinals skill position offense with James Conner getting um, getting a put back. You're taking off the IR, so he's slated to play. He could have played last week by all accounts. So I feel bad for the Falcons, and I feel that the Falcons are lucky also because they're going to get the, you know, this is the cobweb. This is a stand-up comedian trying out new material mm-hmm. in a city. That, that, that's what Sunday is for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's never been in this offense None of these guys have played together in synchronicity in this offense. So this may be the last week of low-hanging fruit for the Arizona Cardinals before they really take that step up next week in Houston. Like, what have you seen from the Cardinals across the country that you're like, little things here, and obviously you don't watch them as closely as I do, but like, have you seen, I call it the proof of concept. Have you seen this proof of concept? Like, oh, once they get some talent, this could actually work? Or am yeah, I just- yeah, no, they're, they're a scrappy team. I've been saying that all year long to pretty much everybody and. Um, that they're a scrappy team for a lot of the reasons you, you played. And you, you you mentioned, hey, not having these guys gel together. Well, Josh Dobbs didn't practice all week with the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings, and he still ripped the Falcons a new one. So that is not an obstacle 
with when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. So Kyler could not practice at all and just show up at the stadium on Sunday, oh. and he'd have a good chance to do some things against this Falcons team based off how they played the last couple of weeks. So I, I think Arizona, they're an interesting team. They, again, they're scrappy, right? They're not that explosive, right? Because they don't necessarily have the firepower, but getting Kyler, getting Connor back, I think will give them a little bit more juice because it just feels like they're a team that plays with such a small margin of error. They got to kind of run the ball. And if they don't turn the ball over, like they're fine. They can be competitive and, and play a game. But these last couple of games, it just seems like they're just giving opportunities for Cleveland and Baltimore. But like you look at that Baltimore game, like without the two turnovers that they had, like it's a 7-7 game going in fourth quarter. And in Cleveland, you know, as bad as the Falcons quarterback situation has been, like I, I'm happy that we don't have Deshaun Watson because uh, it just feels like, woo, you're paying a lot of money for a bottom 10 quarterback in this league. But yeah. Cleveland was the same way where – it felt like, you know, Clayton Toon was out there just like, you know, they're like, hey, just run some screens, man. Like, we, we, we don't know what you're doing, but um, and that didn't work. So I think Arizona is a very scrappy team. And I feel like if they're 12 percent better with Kyler Murray and James Conner, if those guys are, are suited up and I expect Kyler to know to play and we'll see what, what happens with James Conner, like that's more than good enough to beat this Falcons team that we have seen in recent weeks. If you could say in one one minute or less, I, I know turnovers, sure, but like, give me some inside baseball stuff as to why it's happening the way it's happening. It feels like the Falcons' foundation was their run game last year. They were the, one of the most dominant run games, and their run game has taken a big step back this year. Mm -hmm. The offensive line has not played as well. Uh, I spent a lot of time in recent weeks talking about they don't have a good blocking tight end. And with their outside zone running scheme, you need a guy that can kind of seal the edge consistently to, to make that run game work. And without that sort of stable foundation for their offense, they've had to rely so much on their passing game and their quarterback to kind of carry the offense. And whether it was Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, those guys can't really carry the offense in the ways that the Falcons need them to so i think if they can get back to running the football and we saw it at the end of the vikings game where they went on a 13 play scoring drive to take the go-ahead touchdown uh in the fourth quarter and they ran the ball they handed the ball off 11 times and that's what the falcons need to do and it felt like every game last year they did that two or three times a game and this year it feels like they've done it two or three times this entire season and so if they can just get back to being that physical team they'll be fine yeah, and that that's well put. And I'm excited to see what the what the matchups, the key matchups are going to be from your end. I mean, for the Cardinals, my key to victory every Friday is win the turnover battle, and you cannot turn the ball over. The Cardinals don't have the bandwidth with the talent as currently constructed before this week to give opposing teams any sort of short field. And I, I always go back to the Rams game. The Cardinals turned the Rams over three times and had three total points off those turnovers and lost 27-9. So, like, that's the, – the Cardinals had to play perfect football up until this week, and the floodgates are kind of opening for all possibilities now, and I'm fascinated to see what happens. Let's move to the key matchups. Um, I'm stoked to just – I want to talk more about the offense. I like – Johnny Smith is fascinating after going – being left for left for dead in New England um, and everything in between. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons. As we roll on here on a crossover Thursday in the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm doing the live read, so I get to talk about my local restaurants here in Phoenix. 
DoorDash has saved me and Aaron a lot of time when you don't have to leave the house because you're busy and you can just beep, boop, boop, food at your front door. And that's why DoorDash unlocks this possibility of getting food from restaurants that don't traditionally deliver. And if you've never used DoorDash before, it'll unlock possibilities that you're lazy, you want to order dinner, and you're watching a movie, you're like, nah, you're, you're in the middle of football and it's halftime, you're like, I'm going to miss game, I'm going to miss game time if I go out and get food. DoorDash can unlock everything for you. For Phoenix, some of my favorite restaurants, Postino, it's a lighter fare, doesn't deliver, does through DoorDash. Julio's too, one of my favorite Mexican places. They've got these mini chimneys with this jalapeno cream cheese sauce. It's incredible. DoorDash. And with this offer, it makes it even easier. You can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Crossover Thursday, Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons, Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals and Falcons your respective first listen each and every day free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, four and five Falcons, one and eight Cardinals. As we roll into Kyler Murray's first week back, James Conner's back after being off the IR. Um, potency of the offense in Atlanta. I mean, they're putting up points. Like, I've been a tight... I was a Taylor Heineke truther the moment he reached for the pylon in the playoff game against Tampa Bay when he was in Washington. I'm like, this kid has the cojones mm -hmm. to play NFL in this league. Talent, we don't know. But the dude, he's got – he should be better than he is with the skill set that he has. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. I, 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 his, his role model is Brett Favre, right? Oh, perfect. He doesn't – he doesn't have the talent that Brett Favre has, but like in his mind, he's Brett Favre and like that can work out in your favor and that can work out against you as it did for Brett Favre, who was a much more talented player. And I think it leads to probably more issues with Taylor Heineke because he doesn't have that sort of, especially that arm talent to do some of those things. But yeah, he, he is a player that plays, you know, in his head, he thinks he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre. Okay. Well, he's not. I'll tell him if, if you need me to. I'll, okay. I'll let him know. So key matchups. I'll start here. I'll kick this off. So one big thing for the Cardinals the entire season is the wide receivers versus the cornerback room. The cornerback room for the Cardinals has been put on hold on layaway until next offseason. They weren't able to fill all needs. They had needs at pretty much every position aside from quarterback this offseason. And they did draft Garrett Williams, who's played really well. Third round pick out of Syracuse. Uh, I talked to, you know, Marcus Mosier, um, Dame here from Lockdown NFL, guys that I really trust with the Lockdown NFL draft. And they said that he'd be a fringe first-round pick if he didn't tear his ACL in college last year. And he's played as such. He had an interception his first week, and he's played well, definitely the best of all the corners that the Cardinals have. Having said that, Marco Wilson, uh, Antonio Hamilton, Starling Thomas, like these guys would be fringe CB3s elsewhere, and they're thrust into playing meaningful snaps for an NFL organization where they're just kind of outmatched. So when you look at wide receivers, you look at tight ends, and you look at B. John Robinson coming out of the backfield, like this is a murderer's row of talent, and this is the biggest thing. It's always the corners versus skill position players, tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs out of the backfield for me. That's number one for me. Yeah. I I, I think, you know, the, the player to keep an eye on, like 
as you look at this Falcons lineup and you go, oh, there's Kyle Pitts and there's B. John Robinson and Drake London's practicing this week and looks like he's back on track to return from the growing injury that caused him to miss last week's game. And you say, we got to stop those guys. And do we have the talent to stop those guys? But the player that's probably the guy to keep an eye on low key is Kadero Hodge, that him and Taylor Heineke from their time working together with the second string unit this summer, they have a, a really strong rapport with one another. And it, I think it's going to, it potentially has the, to lead to a lot of more frustration. Cause like people are going to be complaining, like, why aren't they getting the ball to Kyle Pitts? Why aren't they getting the ball to Drake London and Bijan? And meanwhile, like Kadero Hodge has like eight targets for like seven catches for 76 yards or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's the guy that can kind of be a little slippery. Uh, and, you know, as you focus all your attention on some of these other players and wondering if you can match up, he might be the guy that can do a lot of damage. Interesting. Now, on your side, you look at this roster. I mean, with what uh, cobwebs, yes, but also exemplary, more um, talented, exemplary more. That's not uh, incredibly more talented. Let's just put it that way. Roster now than what we've seen through the first nine weeks. Talk to me about a key matchup of yours coming from the Atlanta side. Well, I think on the Cardinals offense, I'm looking at their offensive line. It looks a little beat up this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I see my old friend Dennis Daly from. Uh, his days in Carolina, whenever he got a chance to start against the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons pass rush, which was basically non-existent in those years, looked pretty good those weeks. So if he gets another start at left guard for the Cardinals, I'm like, hey, David Onyemata, Calais Campbell, Kentavious Street, who they just picked up via trade. You know what? Expect one of those guys to have a good day. And I know they're dealing with some other injuries with the right guard, Will Hernandez and left tackle DJ Humphreys. So that to me is a matchup that I think the Falcons need to really take advantage of because of the potential of James Conner being back and, and being a really good runner. And of course, Kyler Murray with the mobile quarterback that the Falcons so struggled with against Josh Dobbs and even to a lesser extent, Jaron Hall for the two series that he got last week. Um, before he got knocked out of the game. Um, so like if they can control the line of scrimmage, that should allow them hopefully to keep those two playmakers because that's what the Cardinals really need. They need more juice right in their mm-hmm. offense and Kyler and James Conner can give that. And the way that the Falcons can stop that is control the line of scrimmage and kind of make that Cardinals offensive line look bad. Um, on Sunday, obviously, you know, that's a very profound take, make them look bad, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, yeah, three out of five are, aren't healthy. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. has been great. Jalti Froholt has been a vision um, uh, at center for the Cardinals. You know, that's going to be the biggest, um, that's the biggest weakness on the offensive side of the ball for the Cardinals. Now, uh, I used to say one of my favorite things to say, especially when Kyler Murray was coming to the league for the first couple seasons, um, the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals have is Kyler Murray's legs. And we'll see if that's going to rear its ugly head. Like one of the, one of the benefits of the Falcons playing the Cardinals this week is I think they're going to bubble wrap them. Like, I don't think this is a situation mm-hmm. where he's going to have seven carries for 90 yards and five designed runs. I think what we like, what I've always hoped his, the utilization of his legs would be, would be like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. You see man coverage, you have enough protection from the offensive line where it just opens up these wide gaps where you can get 10, 12 chunk yards. Russell Wilson, when he was in Seattle like that, where it's more out of necessity or more out of happenstance than necessity to move the ball down the field. Um, But yeah, the offensive line is going to be a struggle for the Cardinals, especially this week. We'll see if they use Kelvin Beecham on the left side or if they move Paris Johnson Jr. over to the left if DJ Humphreys can't play. Um, My other... Uh, key victory quickly here. I could talk to you for three hours. My 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 other key to victory here is or um 
a key matchup is you look at AJ Terrell and Jesse Bates in the same secondary, and it's something that has to be accounted for. Jesse Bates, one of the big offseason acquisitions this season for the Falcons. Um, going up against Hollywood Brown, during my po- my podcast yesterday, Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray are a sure thing. First six weeks last year after not playing together since college, Hollywood Brown was a bona fide wide receiver, one pro bowler if he didn't get hurt. All the targets, all the receptions, all the yards, had a handful of touchdowns. So talking about Jesse Bates, like how has he been? I know Buda Baker here, quote unquote, higher, one of the higher paid safeties, one of the better safeties in the league. Jesse Bates, big offseason acquisition, as I mentioned. How has he been just quickly, just so you know, my listeners can kind of see what, what they're up against? He's been great. He was he basically single-handedly won them the week one game against Carolina, getting mm-hmm. forcing three turnovers, uh, two picks and a forced fumble in that game. So he's he's been outstanding. Uh, you know. Any complaints or nitpicks at this point where he's been maybe a little too eager from time to time trying to get a pick, uh, but usually he saves it for the fourth quarter when the Falcons are behind. So I'm, I'm not going to complain about Jesse Bates trying to make a game changing play. And he has done so uh, frequently this season. What are the paths to victory for both of these teams? Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. We will discuss that, that as we wrap up crossover Thursday here on the locked on podcast network, this episode, of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Jace Medical. Whether you're in extended travel situations, bracing for a, a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, etc. those kind of prescriptions, you can get them at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotics in a kit. I I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. Pretty good. If you or someone you love would like to get peace of mind of, you know, having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for 20 bucks off your purchase. Four and five Falcons, one and her Cardinals. As we see Kyler Murray come back, this is going to be really fun. Like, I think this is going to be a fun matchup. The Cardinals don't have a great defense uh, as now just talent wise, they're fighters, but this is, this is not the year for the defense. The Falcons on paper have a potent, potable set of offenses uh, of offensive skill position players. Uh, we'll see what Taylor Heineke, if it's Brett Favre or if, if it's uh, Nathan Peterman comes out. We uh, we shall see. Pass to victory, Aaron Freeman. I think you want to see the Brett Favre version of Taylor Heineke come out. <laughs> yeah, so. And you want to see the Falcons do some of the same things that other teams have done against this Cardinals defense, right, is get some of those explosive plays. We saw that last week with Amari Cooper. You've seen that in other games, you know, the Seahawks sprinkling in Noah Fant and Kobe Parkinson. So if those tight ends can do it, you, you feel like, hey, Kyle Pitts should be able to do some of that stuff as well. And if they can get off to a, a fast start in this game and get an early lead, because they had so many opportunities last week against Minnesota to build a lead, but they just kept kicking field goals. And it was like so frustrating. Like that game could have been like 28 to nothing going into the second quarter. And so I want to see again that get right game for the Falcons where they look like that team. And if they do that, that's going to feed into 
how they can beat this Cardinals team because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you kind of take James Conner out of the lineup and now it becomes Kyler Murray trying to you know find Trey McBride and and Marquise Brown and I hope I hope again I never know with the Falcons but I hope that we don't let those guys you know beat us in a major way in that way so that to me is my path to victory uh, but if I'm Looking at probably what's going to happen is the Falcons aren't going to do that. Taylor Heineke is going to be more of the Nathan Peterman side of the the argument. And so it's going to be like every Falcon game this year, a very competitive game. Like so many Cardinals games have been very competitive game going into the fourth quarter, final five minutes. And frankly, even if this being Kyler Murray's first game back, I would trust him to go out there and win Arizona the game at home in the final five minutes, more so than Taylor Heineke doing it on the road. So that's why I feel like the Falcons need to create that separation as early as possible so that they don't give Kyler Murray a a chance to put the dagger in in their heart. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what we've seen through the first, I mean, I'm not going to count last week as an NFL football game. I mean, that was little giants and bad news bears all combined into one Um, before, you know, before ice box or ice chest, whatever, whatever the chick's name was took over. Um, what was it? Icebox? Icebox. Yeah. Icebox. Yeah. Yeah. Icebox. I mean, if you're too young for that, I apologize. That was cinema. I mean, come on, Rick Moranis. Cinematic oh. masterpiece. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, come on, bro. Um, so, anyways, as we as we come back, the, the Arizona Cardinals have the best player on the field for the first time in 2023. Um, by all accounts, history. I mean, we can we can we can debate back and forth, but let's put it this way: the Arizona Cardinals have a have a a say in the best player on the field for the first time in 2023. And the one thing that Joshua Dobbs did for his eight weeks here was keep the Cardinals in contention during the first half of pretty much every game, except for going down two scores to the 49ers. And that's something that Kyler Murray needs to be able to do. They need to be able to have long sustained drives on the back of James Conner. And we'll see if Amari DiMarcado plays. And if Keontae Ingram gets some run, the run game needs to be the focal point. As you mentioned, trying to stop that because that sets up the Drew Petzing play-action wizardry that he's been able to facilitate regardless of who the quarterback has been for the Cardinals so far. So that's the biggest thing for me is establishing the run, the best offense or the best defense for the Arizona Cardinals all season is keeping the opposing offense off the field. So if the Cardinals can have those sustained drives with Kyler Murray, which is something that we haven't seen a whole lot in the first four years. There was a lot more 30 four second drives of three three passes and three and outs with Cliff Kingsbury than there was five or six minute long drives of 65 yards. It maybe ended in a field goal. It ended in points. And that's something the Cardinals need to continue to do in an effort to win. Now, one more for me before I bounce back to you is, as I and I alluded to it a little bit earlier, is the Kyler Murray-Hollywood Brown connection. That's going to be the, the metronome of this pass game because they don't need practice. This is one of those just in a vacuum things where – it works, and that's it, and you figure it out. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be on A.J. Terrell if he shadows him, but Hollywood Brown has shown with Kyler Murray that he can be an elite wide receiver. Very small sample size, but we're going to find out in the next seven or eight weeks if Hollywood Brown deserves that contract that he's going to want, and this is going to be the beginning of it on Sunday. What about you? Is, is there anything else that, aside from Kyler Murray-centric that you think the uh, Falcons will need to overcome? Uh, no, not, not nothing too far off the mark with Kyler Murray. I'll be curious to see how the Falcons play it because of last week, they got so gashed by the mobile quarterback. Do they play a lot more zone? They've been playing a lot more zone as of late, but they would like to be a team that can just man you up with AJ Terrell and Jeff Akuda playing so well on the outside. And they have 
the capacity to do that. But did Josh Dobbs cooking them scare them to basically play more zone? And I feel like that's playing into Arizona's favor because I feel like, you know, Kyler and McBride and Hollywood, they'll be able to find ways to matriculate the ball down the field against the Falcons zone coverage in addition to that run game. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the Falcons sort of scheme it up. Do they sort of play it safe uh, and, and want to keep eyes on Kyler Murray because they are worried about that mobile quarterback? Or, as you said, is Arizona going to kind of put him in bubble wrap and not really ask him to, to do much on the move uh, and that maybe allow the Falcons to play the style of defense that they want to play? Now, instead of doing predictions, okay, I want to take a moment and virtually hold hands with Aaron Freeman and talk about how amazing Calais Campbell is. For like a minute and a half, Calais started here, one of Steve Kime's biggest missteps, I mean, it's on like the eighth page of his biggest missteps over a decade, was not paying him the 30-plus million guarantee that Jacksonville gave him because they thought that he had nothing left in the tank, regardless of how important he was to this locker room, regardless of how important he was to the culture of this team on and off the field. They decided to move off. Saxonville happened, and then Baltimore happened. And then now in Atlanta, this dude is, what, 37, 38? Something like and that. he's still getting and playing, starting and meaningful snaps in the NFL. You don't, people don't get that for charity. They get that because they play an elite level. 6'9", whatever he is, 6'8", 300 pounds, fleet of foot still. I mean, obviously less now. Tell me how important, as we roll, as we get out of here, how important Calais Campbell has been to the growth of the Atlanta Falcons this year. He's He's been huge, and he's going to continue to be huge because the Falcons lost Grady Jarrett for the season, and they're going to now have to rely on Clay's Campbell to kind of fill that void on the interior. He's been primarily playing DN for the team, and he's been steadily getting better as the season has worn on and being the impact player was sort of dominant uh, up front, just a stone wall as – you know, Cardinals fans, I don't have to tell you guys, but against the run and being able to add some juice to the pass rush as well. So, yeah, he's been he's been a great addition to the Falcons defense and, and is going to continue to get meaningful snaps down the stretch as the Falcons try to get their season back on track. He is Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons, at Locked on Falcons on Twitter. Alex Clancy, Clancy's Corner, Locked on Cardinals. We will talk to you on our respective podcasts tomorrow.